0: Probably the best school radio station in the world. This is Bry Radio, proudly sponsored by the BPA.
1: Good evening, and welcome to the third episode of Sports Talk, your one stop shop for everything Bryanston and World Sport related. I'm your presenter, Dr. Pullen, and I'll be taking you through the next hour and a half from the Bry Radio Student. And what a show we have lined up in our Bryanston Sports section for Match of the Week. We are this week taking a look at the indomitable rise of the Bryanston Football First 11, completing an, a six game unbeaten streak on Saturday with a 6 0 thrashing of Taunton, Taunton School. We'll also be taking a close look at hockey and rowing before a very special International Women's Day feature on female empowerment in sport. But that's not all, folks. In the second half of the show, we'll be broadening our perspective to look at the best of global sport, including Six Nations Rugby, Cricket and for the first time on the show, Formula One. And we'd absolutely love you, our listeners, to get in contact. Uh, and you can do this by texting us on triple seven, starting your message all importantly with Bry. Or even perhaps calling us on zero triple three triple five two triple five. We'd love to hear all your opinions on on the, on the viewpoints that are expressed in the show. And that's about it for me to kick us off. So let me introduce you to our wonderful opening team of pundits. Uh, uh, for today's show. It's got a sort of football-heavy uh, focus to start with. On my right, I've got uh, uh, the vice-captain uh, of the Bryanston Football First Eleven, Tom Jay, also goal-scoring extraordinaire. Welcome to the studio, Tom. Are you excited to be on radio?
2: Yeah, thank you for having me. It's no, well, it's, it's,
1: it's an absolute honour to be in the presence of such a... Uh, Uh, footballing royalty and even more importantly i've got the captain uh, of the bryanston football first eleven uh mr uh, philip n welcome to the show philip are you excited to be on air i'm very excited thank you for having me well lovely to have you too so we're going to open up fittingly with our feature called match of the week uh which this week uh couldn't really be anyone else other than uh, the first 11, after an astonishing uh, win uh, on Saturday against uh, Taunton School. And we'll get to that in in a second. I just, first of all, while we've got these chaps in the studio, uh, I'm intrigued to find out a little bit more about their background in football uh, and their journey to get to where they are now. So, chaps, um, perhaps if I start with Philip, uh, tell me about where your passion for the game developed.
3: Well, I lived in the Czech Republic uh, before I came to Bryanston. And I played, like, club level and stuff. Um, and then, yeah, I kind of just played my whole life. And now I'm here.
1: Fantastic, fantastic. And Tom, what about you?
2: Yeah, pretty similar, except I wasn't in the Czech Republic. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was in a, I don't know, I just kind of always grew up in a sporting family. So mm-hmm. I kind of did whatever I could all year round. And then it yeah. was obviously part of that. Yeah. Then played through school, uh, played for a club when I was younger, and then came to Branson. Obviously, we, did, we didn't play for a while. And um, this year when we... Found out it was it was going to be a main sport. It was it was quite nice because it's something I used to enjoy.
1: Yeah, fantastic. So, boys, yeah, just tell me a little bit about your reaction when you found out uh, football was coming right into the focus uh, of 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 the spring term. I know uh, Tom, for example, you you have many other winter sports you play. How did you feel when you found out football was going to be offered though as a core sport?
2: I felt quite excited. Yeah. Um. Yeah, just excited really. Because so yeah, as you said, I play um I play rugby and. Uh, previously hockey as well um but hockey i'm not the biggest fan of and football i feel like people have been quite passionate about it here for quite a few years yeah. so it's actually quite nice that it's actually coming to the fray and we can actually actually play some proper football
1: fantastic and what about you
3: philip well yeah i've been waiting since like d to play yeah because there's always been like ecas and you know extra stuff me and my friends and uh, just like go play um but yeah the main sport now is brilliant and like so many people are doing it there are four different teams I feel like it's a very popular
1: sport okay yeah we'll we'll talk a little bit about about, uh, more about the successes you guys have had on the pitch I'm firstly a little bit intrigued to find out uh, or tell our listeners a little bit about what were your sort of roles in the team so um, uh, Tom can you just describe to me sort of where who your sort of football icon is perhaps and how you see yourself on the pitch what's your role in the team F-
2: football icon currently, well, so I'm a Liverpool fan. So yeah. my icon would be Steven Gerrard. Okay. Um, but we weirdly, I also love Trent Alexander Arnold. I know yeah. he's a Liverpool player, but I'm a striker. Yeah, and he's a defender. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I play up front. Um, and I just kind of. Uh, like I've scored a few goals, but they've been pretty easy goals.
1: Oh, well, um, I, I mean, I um, saw a sort of sa- a esque goal on Saturday, which we'll, <laughs> we'll get to perhaps. Um, I, I, and Philip, what about your your sort of uh, w- what role do you play in the team? Well, I, I'm like centre
3: mid, um, so I kind of play the balls up to Tom, and he yeah. he finishes them off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we kind of play like through the middle, up to the top, up to yeah. the sides. Um, so yeah
1: yeah a bit a bit a bit uh it might be a bit before your time but uh, your your performance on saturday was sort of andrea Pirlo pierlo just pulling all the strings from midfield uh uh, the little the, the the general um but no these two boys um i mean i i'm not qualified to talk about football i do watch quite a bit of it they're both very good players um which is quite a nice sort of segue uh onto this amazing season you guys have had i mean i know there were some tough results to start with but um uh but how do you feel it's been recently tom starting with you
2: well re- like coming in it's it's i'm kind of shocked mm. so we we didn't expect oh i don't know i certainly didn't to be as like we're, we're actually quite good where well, the results show that we're quite good yeah um and like with winchester uh last term and like losing to a couple of the schools last time and stuff um like we've got new players uh from like different sports and stuff and it just feels like a proper team um but yeah, it's just it's just nice to be winning games. The reason I think it is is because like we don't go into it feeling like loads, loads of pressure and stuff. We just go out there and just look to enjoy football.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. You say that it's almost like a sort of complete uh, experimental, no pressure environment, right? You are you are the sort of pioneers of Brianston football. You're gonna you're gonna leave quite a difficult um, sort of uh, act to follow, I guess, because it really has been successful. I mean, I was looking at your results earlier after you know some tricky results last term. Where perhaps the the full first eleven weren't on the pitch. I mean, really, you've only lost a couple this term, and, and you've been on a six game unbeaten streak, right, Philip? Yeah. What would you say been the highlights of of those results? What have been the big games in that season then?
3: Well, to start off, we had like a really tough game. I think it was yeah. against Sherborne, wasn't it?
2: Sherborne, yeah. yeah. Sherbourne. and
3: three. it was four three. It was such a good game. Yeah. Um, and that kind of started the whole momentum and then we just haven't really lost
1: since. So, yeah. And yeah, for our listeners, I mean I mean Sherborne uh, football is 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 decent, right? It's a proper yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a proper core sport there, um equivalent to ours. So that's a, a really, you know, to get that sort of result so early um in the season um uh, is is fantastic. And I think, you know, I've I've spoken to Mr. Sangrajkar and Mr. Murphy and Mr. Boot, and they all see that game as, you know, a really important turning point and uh, an important moment in the the short history um of Bryanston um football um as a core cool sport so far. So chaps, apart from your good selves, who would you say are sort of players to watch out for in the team? Henry 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 Henry, Henry, Henry Taylor, Taylor. he's
2: so good. If you get a chance to watch his goal from the other day, I think it's on our Instagram, it's without a doubt the best free kick I've ever seen.
1: Uh, Yeah, and I have to say, I I mean, I was going to talk about this later, I was actually there and there's a video on uh, Mr Boot has a very funny video of me going a bit crazy in the background. (laughs) It was an unbelievable free kick. A left foot from about, uh, probably about 15 yards into his own half. Nice, it just looked good all the way. Uh, The the head, no no less than the headmaster, uh, mr jones or the acting headmaster stood next to me said that it would have gone into a goal like 15 yards further back he just called it so well um so henry henry t what yeah great player what about some of the defenders What what's your back four like
2: so we play we play back three, back three um yeah. and then we've got like wing back so the likes of finn yeah. and jack yeah we have loads of bees in our team actually yeah. so future's pretty bright but yeah, um
1: very excited and george george george, 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 well. yeah, very george yeah he From
2: can joe. kind of play wherever but we've yeah. got a2s mainly starting in there yeah. joe, with joe luke <laughs> and tom yeah. uh, 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 in the back three just leadership yeah you know, just always perform as well there and and an, there. a
1: nice sort of mixture of grace and physicality i'd say having watched you know uh tom as more of a sort of ball playing center back and 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 uh and, and Joe has quite a physical presence, it's fair to say. Yeah. What about what about Logan in goal? Any comments on his season?
3: He is so good. His kicks, literally the best kicks I've ever seen in my life. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but it just creates so many chances for us and we can use him in so many different ways. It's so good.
1: Yeah, so I mean, it, it really is. For a, for a school football team to have such a reliable presence in goal who can also, you know, offer such great long-range distribution, um, shall we say, very, very undoubtedly... Uh, very helpful. Um, so, Tom, there's there's one subject which I haven't quite yet broached for you. How many goals exactly have you scored this season?
2: Currently, uh, well, I think I uh, technically 16 because I've had two disallowed, which shouldn't have been 16 disallowed. goals, but, no, but how no, many matches? Uh, 14 in uh, seven matches.
1: 14 in seven matches. I mean, that is seriously impressive uh, and the latest of them it has to say I mean you called it an easy goal it definitely wasn't an easy goal it was a great goal I mean just describe us uh, that goal uh, I'm talking about the first one I didn't see oh, this one yeah, anymore yeah. but talk us through that I saw a little flick over a defender and a well, left foot and all sorts <laughs> well Phil
2: yeah. did the hard work and then kind of played it through to me yeah and then yeah I was just one-on-one with a centre-back on a, a dummied it one way took it onto my left foot yeah and then just finished into the bottom corner
1: yeah it was it was a seriously seriously good goal um only matched by uh henry's just sort of unbelievable strike um a couple of minutes later so boys you're you're on um, a real unbeaten run at the moment you've just thrashed taunton uh where can this team go how many games do you have left uh and what what sort of fixtures we have coming up, do we know?
3: We have uh, two games this week, so I think one away and then one home on Saturday. Yeah, I think they're both away. Both oh. are. Yeah. Both away. No. Both away trips. Well, I I don't know. I think this will will keep the streak going hundred um, percent. We've got the confidence. Training's been good. I think yeah, we'll get a few more wins.
1: Fantastic, fantastic. And Tom, what are your what are your thoughts about the long term prospects for Brighton football? I think
2: it's good. Yeah, we have there are so many young players in the team at the moment loads and loads of Bs and a couple of a3s as well um
1: i tell you what the under-15s i don't know if you've heard much about the under-15s they're quite a good team as well there's some good players in there people like jack uh, jack O, uh, uh, and others some good 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 attacking players so yeah i think that the the future of bryanston football's um looking bright well thank you very much chaps for making your debuts uh, on Brynston uh, uh, Bri Radio and I'm sure all our listeners will be uh, similarly wishing all the best for the first 11 as they continue this great run so chaps you're more than welcome to leave the studio now I'm going to get in Mr Morris I reckon just while we bring in some, some rowers uh, to move on to the next section uh, and I'm going to talk to Mr Morris I think a little bit about sort of Brynston sport um, uh, then and now because obviously thank you very much gents <laughs> You can get in whoever's in next. Uh um so obviously football wasn't on offer uh for you, uh uh Mr. Morris. Uh how, t- how have you felt uh watching it as an O B? Are you happy to see it as a core cool sport in the spring term?
4: Yeah, no, and I'm definitely happy to see it as fantastic. a core cool sport in the spring term. I think it was always a thing when I was here that people wanted to bring into the school. Yeah. And um it's lovely to see this many people taking part in sport and having such great numbers in football and um, I think it's only gonna grow strength for strength in the future.
1: Awesome, awesome. But we mustn't forget there is another great uh, winter sport currently going on, right, in, in terms of hockey. Absolutely. Um, and, and and these two are both uh, loyal hockey uh, enthusiasts. Uh, so, uh, Mr Morris, tell me a bit about your hockey background when you were at Bryanston. How much did you play back in the day? Uh,
4: so I'd never played hockey before, before I came to Brynestone. Um I was a sports scholar in D and I was sort of forced to play hockey. Wouldn't have been a choice of mine, but um, ended up playing first-team hockey here and... Um, now a coach on the Junior A team with Mr. Firma Dunman. Um, featuring the man to my left, Mr. Hugh F. Hello. Um, and yeah, no, that's a bit about my
1: hockey background. Well, fantastic. And I think just hot off the press, there was a fantastic <laughs> result today, right? Against Monkton Coombs. So I don't know. Do, do, do you guys want to talk a little bit about that with me?
4: I think I'll take a lead. As Hugh was in a musical today. Oh, so, um, okay. And I uh, know. So a big 5-1 win for the... Yeah junior A-team today away at Moncton Coombe. Um, brilliant result in the National Cup. She gets us through to the next round. Um, probably a special mention to Rob Santona, some wonderful skills on the display today and a um, special shout-out to Drummond Black and Bailey as well, uh, Bailey as well, who um, put
1: in great performance at the back today. Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, and I should say to our listeners, uh, a sort of fan favourite for his amazing rugby and cricket knowledge, Hugh F, uh, has walked in into the studio. I mean... This guy's received probably the most feedback of all the pundits I've had on this show in terms of his pretty encyclopedic knowledge uh, of of cricket, rugby, uh, which we'll definitely be making uh, uh, the most of today. We've also just been joined in the studio and they're welcome to take a seat while I sort of waffle on here uh by a couple of ray- rowers this is a sort of musical chairs episode of sports talk today. I basically haven't thought the, the lineup through too well and i've basically got everyone coming on essentially but you know it's all in the a all in the all in the uh, uh in pursuit of, of share sharing sharing it around and getting all all sports covered so if they get their headsets on uh we're going to talk a little bit about uh Bryanston rowing so we're joined here by uh, Natalia J um, and Adam Adam S. So Natalia, you're you're a Bry Radio uh, veteran, right? This is not yeah. a first time for you. Yeah, I got my Wednesday
5: show morning 7:30 till 8:15, so I'm quite used to the studio.
1: Fantastic, nice little plug there. Adam, have you ever is this is this is this uh, something you've done before? Or is this a first time? This is my first time. Fantastic. Yeah. As it was the first time for everything. Right, let's 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 talk a little about a bit about rowing. So this is not a sport. Normally, I, so far in this series, I've I've kept it within my uh, comfort zone and mostly talked about sports I know about. Rowing is not something I know about, so I don't know if you guys are you able to tell us a little bit generally um, about uh, Bryanston rowing, and then maybe talk a bit about. Uh, what happened on Saturday? And I'm going to get the net. I'm going to call it a regatta, but I know that's not the right word for no, it. No, it is. It is a regatta. Is, is it? Right. Yeah. Okay. Kind of a regatta. Yeah. Kind uh, of kind a regatta. Of, yeah. A little bit different.
5: So yeah. rowing at Bryanston is yeah. probably our most successful sport alongside cross country.
1: There we go. Big, big, uh, big claims. <laughs> <away>. <laughs> <laughs> well,
5: I, no, but it is big claims, but we yeah. can back it up. Yeah. We've got wins. I mean, on Saturday, Adam knows all the stats, but our quads were beating university rowing quads. They beat Bristol. They beat Exeter. They beat. A Winchester College, which isn't a university, Pangbourne, which yeah. are close competitors.
6: A lot of main schools taking them down. Fantastic, yeah. fantastic. Uh,
1: and who are the sort of superstars uh, uh, um, of Bryanston Rowing?
6: Superstars Bryanston Rowing. Well, of course. Without mentioning
1: full names, <laughs> <it> just <laughs> mention their first names. Yeah. So yeah, we've yeah.
6: got Noah. Yeah, yeah Noah. Uh, Noah
5: C. Noah C. Fantastic. Uh, he's a bit of a tank. His ergo times <laughs> at the moment this season have been. Insane. I mean, he's yeah. hitting PBs n- nearly every week. The best
6: week. we've had consistently at Bryanston for the, the last av- actually, years. Actually, the average
5: yeah. senior group has had the best time in years i mean i think when the a2 group two years ago were really really competitive yeah they managed
6: to go all the way to henley and do quite well there
5: yeah Um, and they were getting in the b finals of nationals and we're definitely in the ballpark to be achieving those goals this year which is really exciting for both the girls and boys senior crews
1: fantastic and what are the sort of what are the sort of flagship crews that bryanston puts forward like is it like a, an eight or a four? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm so, just so at the moment,
6: yeah. we're, we're racing mainly in the eight for the boys and then girls the are double. doing the double. Yeah. Both really successful.
5: Yeah, Ella and I are just going in our double. I mean, the winter seasons are kind of double seasons because the water's a bit more choppy. Yeah. So going in a single, it's kind of, when it's really windy, is isn't that enjoyable and you don't make the most out of your sessions. But the eight, I mean, when they come on the river, everyone's like, watch out, get out the way. They're just like... <laughs> pummeling through the river and you're like
6: oh my goodness much. it's but a big old boat what's
1: the line up for that eight
6: the line up for that eight so we've got mateo as our cox okay. and then we've got jamie at stroke followed by ollie and then harry yeah. noah ben ollie b myself and conrad oh
1: a great great yeah. great line up and so in, in terms of the, the school rowing calendar, what are the big events then? What, what should we be looking so out So we've for? got
6: three big events for the boys uh, that I know. So on Monday, actually, we have the school's head of the river, which is the Oxford Cambridge boat race course, but backwards. Okay. Um, so a lot of crews. We're racing eights, and hoping to do quite well. Then we've got national schools. Uh, May, just, 24th. Um, May 24th. May 24th. First day yeah. of half term, next term. Exciting, and then obviously Henley.
5: So we got women's Henley, which is June eighteenth to June twentieth. So Ella and I are planning to get a double out for that, and then men Henley. Men's Henley is August.
6: I think it might be uh, one of the last weeks of term.
5: Yeah. Oh, July time yeah. then. So those are quite big events for us, and also for the mm-hmm. A twos. I mean, COVID last year kind of put a spanner in the works for our training and what we wanted to get. So. Mm. Hopefully we are on track this year. Yeah, to...
6: we did quite well last year in the eight with a relatively young crew racing against people that were mainly eighteen years old, and you had some of us that were still fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. So yeah.
1: no, I mean I'm always impressed when I go down to the boathouse. because' I said, I don't, it's not a sport I know much about. It's something I just watch in the Olympics. But you look at that; you must have a, a multi-million-pound facility there. I mean, are we are we well equipped as a school for rowing? Yeah. Yeah.
6: Definitely, yeah, definitely.
5: Our boats, I mean, so we got some nice carbon fibre boats. That, oh, wow. It, that's kind of for me the top. I remember I, when yeah. I was in sea, I was looking at all the seniors and they had the smooth boats. And I was like, oh my goodness, I want to yeah. row on those one day. And then you kind of get upgraded, you make it up the yeah, packing yeah,
6: order. Yeah. Oh, it's like £60,000 to buy one. And oh wow it costs oh. a lot to fix as well if you want wow. something oh yeah we got an
5: amazing ha- boatman dave yeah yeah i should i don't know he's listening I'll... well well yeah I mean, <laughs> we should, we
1: should, <laughs> hi dave we should also uh, give give a bit of a shout out to the rowing staff because they True. really are quite an elite team and i you guys are welcome to comment on them and correct mm-hmm. me but i believe so we got we got we got uh, mr johnson who's a former like an international uh olympic coach right
5: Oh, I don't know. I mean, I just know Mr. Johnson because he's got the same surname <laughs> as me. But he yeah. is. Oh, have I got the wrong one? No, well, there no, is so, a Mr. Johnson. So we have Mr. Johnson, who is killer at circuits. I yeah. mean, winter yeah. tire flips yeah. in yeah. the mud. He does sometimes some rugby coaching. You are dying yeah. at the end of it. He's much. like, keep going. Yeah. Much. Yeah. Then we've Dripping got sweat. yeah, Nico. Nico is yeah. a bit of a legend. Yeah. He yeah. is insane. Is also more of the senior boys. He does push you. Um, he's a
6: a few-time world uh, world champion at indoor rowing. Yeah, Yeah, he's
5: definitely got his medals. Of course, Mr. Bolton is Mr. Mr. Bolton, GB junior coach. um, He coached Mr. Moon, who was a coach and was a junior champion at the GB. Miss Rodford. Uh, th- two three time olympian, two, double two, three-time, olympian
1: yeah. i mean double olympian on our, our coaching stuff is <laughs> unbelievable yeah
5: and those are just the medals i mean we yeah. have other coaches yeah. like miss hill yeah. she's absolutely amazing i mean yeah. she's so supportive I, it was kind of the first female coach that i saw that was yeah. really pushing yeah. me to do well miss hill's
6: yeah. really big in the coastal rowing world as well yeah, yeah. she's achieved a lot in that
5: and then I've got James, who's my coach, and also does coastal rowing and yeah. focuses yeah. on women's techniques yeah. as well.
1: And Miss good. Carthy as well is a, is, is yeah. a, uh, yep. another rowing coach. Miss
6: Carthy's helping Mateo or cox with um, some steering and some tips with. She's yeah really how to get
5: a veteran in the coxing world. So she's been giving us good tips
1: and guys so rowing has a bit of a reputation of being one of those sports where you basically it's not like cricket say where uh, a sport that me and mr morris play where you you can sort of get away with not particularly having the most athletic lifestyle um off the pitch but rowing famously is one where 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 you do have to train what's your sort of weekly training regime well.
5: Uh, I'll go with a nicer one first. <laughs> okay. yeah, go, go. Let's so, hear well. Uh Monday is optional training if you want to, so that's in your free time. I don't usually do that because I have ECAs. Tuesday, yeah, optional. <laughs> optional is a very loose term, it usually means you have to do it. Tuesday, do you have a morning session?
6: Uh, we are encouraged to go for a morning swim.
5: So some people do that, um, I don't. But uh, we have a Tuesday session. On the river usually. Then Wednesday, there's a Wednesday morning spinning class. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got bright Radio then, so sadly cannot make that. (laughs) But Adam goes to it. And then we have Wednesday afternoon session. Um, That's either land training, which is pretty rough, or water over the weather's nice. Mm -hmm. Thursday, we do yoga in the morning. Then we've got a weight session and a rowing session on the river. Friday's weight session again. Saturday's a double indoor-outdoor session and then Sunday's our day off, and then we do PSB on top of
1: that. Gosh, True. I don't know about the rest of the studio, but that's just making me tired. <laughs> well, uh, no, it's,
5: it sounds like a lot, yeah. but once you get used to it, actually, it's yeah. quite nice. And we're,
1: we're actually coming in on
6: Sunday as well to get some more practice before I race on Monday. <laughs>
1: well, that's all very exciting to hear. So um, uh, we're going to keep Natalia in the studio because we're going to move on uh, to talking about uh, women in sport. I'm just going to wrap up a few... Uh, Bryanston stuff from Saturday, basically, and then we're going to move into a song. Um, I think uh, um, so. Basically, I think on Saturday the other fixtures: Netball had a tough day at the office, playing Taunton, who are famously um, a, a, a very strong team. Uh, but there were some decent results in there. Some other great football scores. I believe the 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 third eleven had a good win. I believe the under fifteen A w- uh, uh, had a win. Um, so another great day um, at the office for Bryanston Football. We're going to go into a quick song here. We're going to play a bit of ABBA, one of their new ones, I think, uh, if, if my producer can find it. And when we get back, we're going to be talking on International Women's Day about female empowerment in sport. Very exciting stuff. Great, we'll see you in a few minutes.
7: A while ago, I heard the song, the children's laughter. Now it's quiet, so I guess they left the park.
1: Powerful comeback words from ABBA there. It's coming up to quarter to nine uh, from your Bri Radio studio. Just a quick reminder uh, that you can get in contact by texting us on double six triple seven, starting your message with Bri, alternatively uh, emailing us uh, at Bri Radio. If you really want to, you can call. I haven't got much time to take it, but we we could give it a go. Call us on zero triple three triple five two triple five. Now it's a big day, today. it's International Women's Day, uh, and female empowerment and sport have a long history going back. Uh, so I've got a new team of pundits in here, well I've got some familiar faces, I've still got uh, Hugh and Mr. Morris in here, but I've been joined by, uh, uh, and actually Natalia J, but I've been joined by two other great sportswomen, uh, uh, Emily S., and also Miss Simmons. So, uh, Emily, just turning to you, if you'd just like to introduce yourself uh, and tell us a bit about your sporting background, basically.
8: Hello, everyone. Um, I'm Emily. My sporting background, well, I run in circles a lot of the time. <laughs> um, I quite guess lo- it's
1: Quite long circles, <laughs> quite, I think. It's
8: comparable to r- rowing down a river backwards, but I think running in circles slightly <laughs> drives you insane but I still do it. Um, yeah, what has what running given me? Well, it's given me a lot of drive, it's given me commitment, it's given me um, things that I wouldn't learn from anywhere else, really. And I think it's sort of forged my kind of personality, for good or for bad, I mean, um, but yeah, I love it, and it's a, it's a strange thing to love, but yeah.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. And, and Miss Simmons, what about your uh, sporting history?
8: Um. Well, Okay, so
9: I would say from a young age, my parents basically got me and my siblings to do any sport they could possibly get us to do. And because we were all basically the same age, they just chucked us into any sort of team sport and we would basically make up half the team. So I've I've, yeah, I've been playing at hockey since I can remember. My dad was a hockey player and used to take us um, to his matches and we would just like play on the side when I could barely walk I think um, so that was sort of like my main sport growing up but then I've done a lot of dance and gymnastics and
1: Is, isn't tennis there, isn't there a famous uh, cricket uh, local newspaper headline <laughs> involving you and your twin sister yes! Yes! For all you cricket fans <laughs> out there, it's, it's a predictable one with a cricket term involving the word twinning. Yeah, the
9: spin twins. Oh. Yeah, we made the uh, the headline of the paper. It was because me and my twin sister, I think we were like maybe we were still in primary school and we played for like Bath second team or something, women's, and they were quite good. Like, I don't really know why we were asked to do it, but we were. And um, we ended up, like, bowling out more than half of the team on our, like, debut. And so everyone thought, oh, my God, these girls are so good at cricket. And then I think we then played more matches and they realised that we weren't quite as good as they thought originally.
1: What was it? Was it off-spin or (laughs) leg-spin?
9: Honestly, I think it was just anything that would anything that get the, to the, the end of the, the
1: wicket. Well, uh, well, no, but what a great, what a great story. I uh, Miss yeah. Simmons, Miss Simmons also, oh. did, didn't you used to do a bit of sports work back in the day? You worked at the Olympics, did you? Did I? Way back then, or did you <laughs> I not? I wish I did. Or have I just made that no, up? No,
9: I didn't, but my brother did. Your brother did. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. My older brother has worked at, like, the yeah. past couple yeah. of um, Paralympics. Yeah. yeah. Um. so he gets, like, flown all over the world
1: mm. to to and, do it
9: but no I haven't
1: <laughs> no well, we'll move on for your brother because we want to talk about women today on the show so Natalia um and, and what about you what got you into rowing what's the history there
5: um well I've kind of dabbled in a lot of sport I think my parents really wanted me to be sporty my dad did cross-country my mom did hockey some like professional hockey of some sort so they tried to get me into sport like we tried synchronized swimming I preferred oh. fencing and karate We tried ballet, I preferred jujitsu, so that obviously didn't work. Then I came to England and my mum heard I was going to play hockey and she was so excited I was going to be her protégé. Then I was deemed a bit too aggressive and I didn't enjoy it, so I did sailing and I did water sports. And then when I came to Bryanston, uh, I joined Christmas Term of D, so that's the first term, I don't know if now you can do it in the first term, but it meant that I could join rowing. And I was like, well, I don't like netball too aggressive. don't really like any of the other sports, I'll give row and go and it's been the only sport I've done since really. I think because I could see myself getting physically stronger with it. Um, I really like the community that we have at Bryanston, we all kind of uplift each other and the coaches were really supportive so I just kind of stuck with it and through the good and the bad I just wouldn't quit so I'm still here four and a half years later. and. Aiming high
1: yeah fantastic yeah. fantastic so uh, ladies I just want to pick up one little thing so so all the the sports that you all play so hockey rowing and athletics can uh, both be can both be done by men or, or are very popular with men and women um, how have you how have you found that do you enjoy training with boys uh, Emily I, can I start with you
8: yeah I mean there's definitely with endurance sports there's definitely a physical element which uh, you can't you can't be, win as a woman, well, most of the time. But it's training with boys and girls, it's definitely very, um, yeah, it's very competitive. I mean, I train with lots of guys and we have a bit of a, it's good because it, it sort of motivates me, it motivates them, um, but, and there's training with people who are sort of physically a lot stronger than you, really sort of, uh, you you don't compare yourself to them because you can't, but you, you just sort of, yeah, you're motivated to sort of run at their speed or to train at their intensity. But yeah, there's definitely a space for it. I think the most exciting sports are the mixed sports. I think um, single-sex sports are a bit sort of yeah. I'm not sure. I wouldn't want to. I think what I love about running is that although um, oh sorry, I don't compete against boys. We train with them. We go to matches with them. Like it's very integrated. and I think that really gets a kind of yeah, really great sort of buzz that doesn't sort of segregate people. Because I think having girls football, girls rugby. I mean sorry, yeah, girls rugby, boys football, whatever. Anything split. It slightly divides um it just sort of divides a bit more and shows the disparities and you're always comparing the two yeah mm. i don't know what do you guys think yeah
1: yeah exactly natalia and miss simmons what do you make of what's the vibe like at the bow house in um, terms of boys and girls
5: i it's kind of changed over the years i mean i've always done kind of i mean in sailing it's mixed and i really do i mean the boys are so supportive of me obviously i don't compare myself to them because they're getting insane times like 30 40 seconds faster than me and i can't be like oh i wish i could do that but they are so supportive when i hit pbs like yeah let's go or if i'm in the gym and i'm doing weights i will square up to them and be like yeah my biceps are bigger than yours (laughs) even though they're not i will still say it um but it's been kind of rocky i think you do get prejudice in sport as girls and i think maybe because we kind of grown up together the last four years I don't know if it increases tolerance or understanding but I mean I've never had any of the boys make any kind of sexist comment in sport which maybe I would have experienced from someone who does boys football and not with girls or I don't know what what the reasoning is but the boys are always very Supportive of me, and I've never had any problems with it. So I don't know. If that's because so we train to, trained together.
1: So you slightly preempted a question that I was going to post, Miss Simmons, who's maybe had a slightly longer sporting career. Have you ever experienced any sort of sexism in a sporting context, Miss Simmons, or 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 not? Um,
9: if I'm being totally honest, I don't really think so.
1: Yeah.
9: I think um, just whilst these two were speaking, it just sort of made me think about hockey in regards to like when i was playing at school and when i was training younger um whether that was at club or yeah or at school it, we would always be separate yeah. um and it was very evident that the games are actually quite different so women play hockey in a very different way to how men would play hockey and it's and as you grow it starts to become quite a different game mm-hmm. so you start i think when i was under nines we used to play together Mm -hmm. and then it separates Mm -hmm. and it separates forever, essentially. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So it becomes very sort of uh, gendered in that way. But then I think when I got to uni, we then did mixed hockey and there are like mixed hockey leagues that you can do in the summer and stuff, but I never did that um, until I got to uni. And it was then when you start to realise that actually both versions of this game can come together and actually you end up challenging each other differently and probably in a better way to better yourself and also the the boys that play
1: yeah this might be a good moment to bring in uh, perhaps Hugh for starters so Hugh I, I was reading a, a little article article in a publication that will remain uh, nameless that you wrote about women's cricket um uh, which is very interesting what, what I know you're a big fan what, what do you love so much about women's cricket
10: well, I mean, I don't really see too much of a difference between women and men's cricket. Yes, maybe the bowling's slightly slower, maybe they can't hit the ball so far, but the game can adapt to that. Boundaries are brought in. There's, there's, there can be slightly different fielding restrictions and overall, yeah, it's it's still a brilliant spectacle and it can still be down to four runs to win off one ball. And who wouldn't want to watch that?
1: Absolutely. And And, and the sort of skills, what would you say about the skill sets in the women's game? Would you say they're largely similar or different in some regard
10: well i the the skills are the same power hitting may be lacked but that can be come up with by by beautiful powered um by beautiful cover drives taking magnificent magnificent catches Nat ever hit 100 the other day at a strike rate of 130 odd and Mm. that that wasn't just whacking the ball around like a chris gale but that was just timing and elegance
1: and of course the great uh, sarah taylor was commonly regarded as the most uh, naturally gifted wicket keeper uh, of her era do you did you watch much of her
10: yeah she, she and amy jones are the two english keepers who've it inspired me to take up the gloves myself their reactions the speed of their hands it's incredible and it's a lot better than the likes of Joss Butler and Johnny Bester
1: so there you go there you go listeners if you ever thought cricket was uh, a boy sport there's uh, a great cricketer who's been inspired by uh, by uh, great female players um, of the game which is uh, very exciting so just getting uh, back um, perhaps uh, Emily for starters Overall, do you feel like sport has been something that's been empowering to you throughout your life?
8: Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a huge element of confidence that you gain from putting yourself outside your comfort zone or um, just pushing yourself to the limits. Uh, yeah, in every way, I think I get confidence from my sport. I get feel empowered. I feel, yeah, I, a, day, a week without sport, I feel very low. Um, maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe I'm slightly addicted, but it's um, definitely something you can't really live without, I don't think.
1: Natalia, would you agree with that?
5: Yeah, definitely. I kind of feel. I mean, I so when I had COVID, I had a, I was in isolation for ten days, and um, day eight, I kind of hit a bit of a low and was making weights out of putting books in a washing basket and doing push like bench press with that, and then filling my tuck box and doing the same thing because it was a bit more stable. And I mean, I think for me, uh, my sport there's quite a socialised element to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have a WhatsApp group chat. Um, all the senior boat house members and it's constantly blowing up I and mean, we we'll were always sending each other memes or rowing facts or it's like whoa look at this new kit or something i don't know something really <laughs> trivial but it does make my day when i kind of get that message or two so it didn't make me realize how much i did miss a sport in isolation
1: yeah and that's that's quite a nice segue into my next question which was going to be are you keen to carry on with your sports post Bryanston?
8: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I kind of want to be the ninety-year-old still doing like park run on a Saturday. I don't <laughs> running know. Hundreds That's, of miles I'll see how long after yeah. after
1: after a little bit of a, a roast dinner or, well before a roast lunch on a Sunday or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah.
8: don't know. I think it's uh, it, it's uh, because we are all becoming so like sedentary as a society, sitting down, and especially yeah. the lockdown. I think you just yeah keeping active, but for girls especially, I think there's a huge tendency. Um, I've done a lot of sort of. Um, research on this through like, conferences at different schools that have been run about girls, the drop-off between the ages of sort of...
5: There was a BBC article on it today. Really? I actually clicked on it. Yeah, it was a study that um, when girls he- hit teenage, like teenagehood, kind of 15, uh, 14, there was, I think it was like 45% decrease. It might be higher. I think it might be higher. I think it's higher, so, yeah. Yeah, and I was just blown away. But I think it's very easy I could have there were lots of times where I could have just given up um, in sport but I kind of kept through and now I can't imagine not rowing mm. so I've applied to universities that all have rowing
11: clubs.
1: Well that's a great, <laughs> a, great a great note I reckon to finish this segment of the show on from two uh, great Bryanson sports saying just keep going uh, and and I think we can all firmly agree uh, that women's sport is is absolutely fantastic uh, yeah. and and you know a a great advert for those who partake in it we're going to go into a quick song and when we come back we're going to have the sporting headlines and scores Nine o'clock sporting news from the Bri Radio Studio The classified scores In hockey Bryanston under fifteen A five Moncton Coombe one Bryanston under fifteen B three Moncton Coombe two In Champions League football the half time scores Liverpool four Inter Milan zero Bayern Munich zero RB Salzburg zero And in the first test against West Indies at North Sound, England are 241 for six. Which provides a great segue into our next section, which of course is cricket. And I have two uh, massive cricket fans uh, joining me again. Uh, We've got Hugh... Uh, And Mr. Morris, but we're just going to have one final word uh, from Miss Simmons, because she's not going to let this one go away. She has recalled one pretty shocking example of sexism from her sports career, which unfortunately blights our game of cricket. But we'll we'll hear it, Miss Simmons. What was it?
9: Okay, so I reckon I was maybe year six and I was doing like a summer cricket camp. I'm sure we all did that in the studio. I'm sure we were all involved in those. Um, And I think me and my sister were the only girls in the whole camp. And these two boys, I remember their names. I'm not gonna say who they are. I'm not gonna out them. them But I remember who they were. And they basically were like, oh, I don't wanna be on her team because she won't be able to catch the ball. Um, And then we did like this whole like catching game and of course who won the catching game but me and they were both out first round and all of the other boys for the rest of the camp were like I want to make sure I'm with Hannah I want to make sure I'm with you la 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 so in the end it was all good for me but
1: not well, necessarily. Well, At there, the
9: time, I was very angry.
1: Well, there you go. There is a message for all arrogant boys out there. Do not overestimate uh, your catching uh, ability and certainly do not bring sexism into it. Right, let's focus on some more positive, well, mixed cricket stuff. Let's start with uh, England because they, of course, are in the West Indies. They're a real bogey team, to be honest, in Test cricket. Uh, uh, and it's the first Test cricket uh, of, of the series out there. Hugh, what have you made of today's events and, and what are your feelings about this series coming up?
10: Well, despite having just slagged off Johnny Best, who has just gone to hit 100, which is a positive, however, having left Broad and Anderson at home, dropped plenty of other players, to then go and pick a team of Overturn, Wokes, Wood, Leach, where you got M- Mahmood Parkinson out on tour. I mean, are you really... Re- pressing the reset button they again they were under 30 for three 30 for four again so it's not really going to plan
1: yeah i mean it did certainly surprise um a few england fans when they heard that you know uh, the the veteran and excellent uh, pairing of stuart broad and james anderson who have well over a thousand test wickets between them uh, were left out in conditions that normally favor them mr morris what did you make of that decision
4: I mean, I don't think it's the best decision for English cricket right now. I yeah. think we're not blessed in the pace bowling department. And um, for me, I'd have kept going with and Anderson until at least our summer this year. So they make sure they definitely get a send-off they deserve in front of a home crowd at the Oval on the final day of the cricketing summer. Um, and similarly to Hugh, I think if you're going to press the reset button, I think picking Overton, Wokes, people that have struggled abroad in the past, isn't overly
1: inspiring. Yeah, I mean, Craig Overton, his record outside of england must be appalling uh uh and 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 i can't imagine chris wokes is much better even if he has had a very successful uh career um in england guys what are your predictions for this series because i i I look i saw a stat the other day it's well before west indies period of dominance um that they last uh, won a test series. I think we might be going back perhaps to the 1960s. 2004 it was. But in, in West Indies... 2004. We won it? a test series. Are you sure about that? I, I, I heard this on the news this morning, I think. I'm not sure we won. Yeah, I think we might have <laughs> drawn. They
10: toured in 2019, the start of 2019. I think they went 2-1 down. They collapsed to Roston Chasers. Yeah, well... it's unspinning mm. off breaks. Well,
1: exactly. It's, it's a story of collapses. I think we got bowled out by... I remember Jerome Taylor... Uh, once bowling us out for 48 or something uh, uh so even since i think what we're saying is even since the the the, the golden age of, of west indies cricket came to an end England haven't done very well there why do we think that might be chaps any ideas
10: uh well there's been lots of talk about the how who the county game is producing they've mm. they've scored runs they've averaged 40 which isn't too high compared to several years ago on county championship pitches against medium-paced bowlers but then when they come into the test arena straight away they just nick off get bold but they find a weakness maybe they'll make one comeback hit a 100 several 50s but then they'll go back into the single figure scores
1: yeah and i mean it's hard really for us to for the non-cricket fan to comprehend the difference between say batting at let's say grace road in april to batting uh, at barb in barbados which mr morris i believe has done uh, in march is i don't know i mean i can't even think of a sporting analogy to compare it to uh do you reckon mr morris the challenge is too great for the modern day english batsman to adapt to uh, overseas conditions
4: i mean potentially i think maybe we don't prepare our players well enough i think like using um alluded to with the county game, I think there's a potential thing to look at with the county game. Could we have some overseas fixtures at the start of the season instead of producing green tops in England in early April and making players bat on unfriendly wickets? Maybe we could look to play in the West Indies or in the subcontinent and adapt our players to it. I mean, throughout the county championship, there's overseas players from the likes of the West Indies, India, Australia. They come over and get experience in our, in our conditions. Maybe that's a thing we can look at as an ECB to send our players abroad.
1: Yeah, and uh, it should be said actually today on today's showing it's not all bad news because as Hugh said uh, Johnny Bairstow is continuing mm. his run of excellent form after that uh, uh, well that standout innings in Sydney uh, in the Ashes uh, looks like he's made another sort of counter-attacking counter-punching uh, hundred after really a, a fairly dismally uh, typically dismal showing from the England top order uh, bowled out by uh, uh, the veteran Seaman K- seamer seamer uh wrote: roach uh do we reckon england have a hope in this series hugh
10: i i don't see why not new yeah. um the west indies have been equally fragile um but i think if england want a real charge maybe they're gonna have to pick matt parkinson this pitch has been pretty slow unresponsive for the quickies and if you've got someone who's spinning at miles then why wouldn't you pick him over Jack Leach, who's been tried and repeatedly failed?
1: Yeah, and I mean, it should be said if you look down the West Indies, the current West Indian batting lineup, they're not household names. I mean, you've got Craig Brathwaite in there, who's played uh, a reasonable amount of Test cricket, but not much else. Their bowling attack is decent. Kemar Roach and Jason Holder and Alzari Joseph, uh, a bit of spin in there as well, but you know this is not a i think what we should say is this is not a great test team and if england aren't uh, beating west indies away from home serious questions need to be asked and and, and you know to to not pick broad and anderson you really are uh, taking a big risk moving on i guess from english cricket boys there have been some other interesting test matches going on well one not very interesting <laughs> uh, have you seen the the sort of uh, run fest that has been this uh, the Australia's first test pack in, back in Pakistan for God knows how long. Um, have you seen much of this, Hugh?
10: Yes, I have seen that Pakistan have had 400s, including a twin tonne for... Um, twin tonnes, and so one tonne in both innings for Imanul Hag. Completely fat, Australia managed to take four wickets for 738 runs across the five days. Bit of rain. Australia also managed to score well over 400. Marnas Labassain, Usman Khawaja f- together were... Very close to 100s, um, 97 and 90.
1: And Smith got a few as well. And now in the third innings, just get this, listeners, Pakistan are 252 for none. So if anyone could do quick maths, that's sort of well over a 1,000 runs uh, in total uh, for the loss of not too many wickets for what? For for 14. So uh, a pretty, pretty flat, flat deck. What about India, Sri Lanka? Do anyone see this? Um, I watched a bit of this, and I have to say, uh, one of the most underrated all-rounders of all time, uh, Ravindra Jadeja. Hugh, did you see any of
10: this? Um, I saw a bit, not as much as I'd have liked to, but Ravindra Jadeja, what what a game. First ever cricketer to take nine for an over 150 in a game. He got a five for 175, incredible, and if someone's performing like that, that's going to be hard for a not brilliant Sri Lankan team who've just come off a 3-0 defeat in the 2020s to do something about against arguably the best test team in the world.
1: Exactly, and and almost unstoppable at home. I mean, Ashwin and Jadeja are a formidable duo, which brings us on to really, I mean, talking of spin really, probably the biggest and and undoubtedly the most depressing uh, news of the week. Uh, 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 in terms of cricket. The great uh, leg spinner, uh, the cricket world was shocked, uh, I think it was on Sunday night, to hear the great leg spinner, uh, Shane Warne, actually, sorry, Friday night, Shane Warne um, had sadly uh, passed away uh, whilst in his flat in Thailand. Uh, And this guy, I don't know whether I speak for those in the studio, I mean, a real icon of the game. I mean, I got into cricket, uh, as did so many others of my generation, in the 2005 Ashes. Uh, and my memories of that series, I mean, just watching this, I mean, just bewitching Bowler, to be honest. I mean, we haven't seen the like of him since. We will probably never see the like of him again. Uh, not just the unbelievable deliveries, but just the constant stranglehold uh, that he had over English batsmen. Mr. Morris, do you do you have similar mer- memories?
4: Uh, yeah, absolutely. So the reason I love the game of cricket and play the game of cricket is due to that 2005 Ashes series. And, um, yeah, Warren was one of my all-time icons. Um, having been fortunate enough to spend a year in Australia following school, working in a school there, um, I got a lot close to a lot of the Aussie sporting icons. And, yeah, to, to lose him at 52, um, I think it's a great shame for the game. And I think what summed up perfectly is I actually read a quote the other day that said um, that Shane Warren in the buffet of life, he ate well. And um, he, I think for many people, showed that cricket could be cool. And that cricket, you could be um, anything you want to be in the game. You didn't have to be a part of a fast bowler. Um, and they yeah, scoring handy runs at number eight, like famously never scored a test hundred um, with a high score of ninety nine. But you know. I think, um, unbelie- think, unbe- yeah.
1: unbelievable hands that slip yeah, he did drop, yeah that he famous did drop one in the, the other the five series game, yes perhaps cost Australia the ashes yeah I, I, I know exactly what you mean you know we, we live in a generation of quite sterile sportsmen Yeah, uh, and you know he was Shane, Warne, Shane Warne you know he, was, he wasn't a perfect human being it has to be no. said but he was certainly uh, the sort of character that people you know he cleared bars at grounds I think that's probably the best way are putting it, um, uh, uh, and will be remembered mostly for his on-field brilliance. Hugh, what, what do you have? Many, I mean, Hugh, uh, Shaman was probably before much of your time as a cricket watcher, but have you seen much of him, uh, sort of on highlights and stuff?
10: Well, uh, si- since he died, the the miracle ball that's been going around everywhere on social media, but that's that's spun incredibly, and I I have I don't know anything about leg spin, but what he's done to the game, he's changed it. There's got, there can't be a coincidence that most of the best uh, 2020 bowlers happen to be leg spinners, like nine of the top ten mm-hmm. in ODI rankings. He's inspired so many, and it's a real shame to see him go, even from a selfish view of like watching him on TV, looking at what, what he picks up mm-hmm. from behind the mic. You can analyse, you can help your game out personally as well.
1: Yeah, the ball, of course, which he is referring to is that ball to Mike Gatting at Trent Bridge in 1993 Ashes which subsequently became known uh, as the ball of the century. One that stands out for me, uh, again, going back to the 2005 Ashes. uh, 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 Mr. Morris, you'll remember this. The ball to Andrew Strauss, edge back from round the wicket that almost pitched off the cut strip, uh, was left by Strauss uh, and subsequently uh, ended up hitting his leg stump.
4: If I just add maybe one more thing about what Jim want to think. If I could urge, even if you're not a cricket watcher, I think a great way to start Shane Warne. Was he did a he did a load of ma- masterclasses for Sky Sports, mm. and lots of former players have done them. But I think Shane Warne's was by far the most informative, and it was so interesting to see an absolute icon of our sport explaining all the little niche details that he went into. And he was always so willing to pass his his expertise on to the next generation, like you intimated. And um, I think that's me the the biggest miss is not having him not coming into the summer and not hearing his voice on. In the commentary box is gonna be a real mess.
1: Yeah, I mean I remember again, just you've sparked enough memory that I remember watching uh, when I was probably about Hugh's age, a, a big bash game where Warren was right at the tail end of his career and he was he was he, it was in the early days of twenty twenty where they sometimes used to commentate whilst playing. Uh, and Brendan McCullum came in. <laughs> and this was a a, a Shame Warren well into his forties, well past his best, and I think it was someone like uh, Damian Damien Fleming on commentary and said how how are you gonna how are you gonna get Baz out i.e. Uh, uh, McCullum and he said oh, I'm just gonna fire I think he's gonna sweep so I'm gonna fire him one flat and sure enough he next ball uh, Brendan McCullum probably at that stage the best 2020 batsman in the world went to sweep warm fired one in flat took out his leg stump and you know the 40 year old genius uh, defeated. Uh, you know, the current superstar. And, you know, I think we'll we'll call it there on the Warn track because I imagine it's something that us cricket badgers could probably go on forever. But, you know, I mean, I think all our listeners will agree, those of you who love your cricket, and those of you who don't, because he's one of these sort of uh, universal figures, a great tragic loss um, to the world of Spawn. So RIP uh, the great Shane Warn. Right. So moving on, chaps, let's talk a bit about rugby. I know we, uh, we normally talk a lot more about rugby. But got, we're so busy today, but it is uh, coming to the business end of, you know, the greatest uh, rugby championship in the world, which, of course, is the Six Nations Championship. I am very well uh, accompanied here by Mr. Morris and Hugh F, both of whom uh, love their rugby. Uh, Hugh, I'm going to start with you. Talk to us.
10: Well, I'll, I'll start with the match that I was most interested in. Wales-England. Pretty un, pretty unlucky result for Wales. I'm not... The the ref, I don't really like blaming refs, but he was a bit off the pace. Maybe the try from the line out. Okay, so we're, we're, we're going
1: back to February, people, and we're having a moan. Okay, we'll keep going with that, though,
10: you? Keep going. But, um, yeah, Wales' discipline ultimately cost them, even if it wasn't... the the refs fold there were some stupid penalties first half going 12 nil down then 17 nil down teams don't come back from that in twickenham
1: and do you think that is do you think that result has has, is a big one in the course of the championship
10: i hate to say it but i think that's probably knocked wales and scotland out france still on for the grand slam at least until friday when wales play them (laughs) um scotland out of the running so uh, England, Ireland, still just about in it, but it require probably an upset against France for them to get get their hands on the trophy.
1: So we've actually got the slightly awkward situation, uh, Hugh, as a, well as a Wales fan, uh, that you, we're you're, we're relying on you to do us a favour.
10: <laughs> yeah, well, I I have worked it out, and Wales can still win the Six Nations Championship if they if they beat France, but I, it's very unlikely. But, yeah, it's either England or Ireland who'd win if France do slip up. And they are well-known as Wales' worst enemies.
1: And what are your calls, Hugh, for the results this weekend?
10: So, uh, who have you got playing? Wales versus France. I've just seen that Antoine Dupont could be injured and I'll back Wales in the principality. We'll
1: like that. Uh, Italy,
10: Scotland. Mm, Yeah, you don't really need too much on that. That's going to be Scotland pretty easily. And then Ireland, England. Ireland going to Twickenham. It's going to be a big day for them. Johnny Sexton's coming back. He's just announced he'll retire after the twenty twenty three World Cup. But I don't think that England are going to do too much to challenge them. If Ireland get their backline going, get some forward dominance, especially in the scrum where England have struggled, then it, yeah, I reckon it's going to be Ireland's victory.
1: And Mister Morris, any thoughts on uh, on this weekend's uh, games? And uh, no, I think I'd, uh, I would actually. Probably go against what Hugh said about the
4: Wales France game. Um, I think it's France's grand slam to lose this year. Um, I think they're by far probably the most complete team in world rugby at the moment. And um, yeah, watching DuPont as a former nine myself, watching DuPont is a pleasure to watch every each week. And his link up with Entamac is just brilliant to watch. Um, again, like Hugh, I think it'd be very one sided in Rome. I think Scotland will walk over Italy. That could be a very high score line, I think. And. Again, I'm actually going to co- go against you. I think England at HQ, at Twickenham, I think will get the job done. I think it'll be a very big and symbolic win for this New England side, led by Marcus Smith. Um, I think this could be a symbolic win in the new regime.
1: Fantastic. And who are we calling chaps for, for the the championship? Because by the next sports show, it should be said, people, by the next episode of Sports Talk, the Six Nations will have been decided. Who, who will have uh the cherished prize mr fraser
10: i think i'm gonna go france although last weekend last match of the championship will be england versus france and if england win then that could rip the whole tournament open however i reckon ireland could pounce it at the last minute if france do uh, um uns- if they do um surprisingly slip up
1: and mr morris what are your what's your call
4: i'm gonna echo my thoughts i think it's france's Grand slam to lose i think the I think the championship is heading to paris this year i don't see anyone stopping them this
1: tournament fantastic chaps there we go so uh france or england for the championship we're going to play one final quick song and when we get back we're going to have uh, a sports talk first which is f1 and we're going to be previewing the upcoming season hold on for a second <sighs> Thank you for that, MJ. Uh, Just a final uh, segment for us here. And this is going to be, for the first time on Briar Radio, as I said, or not on Briar Radio, actually on Sports Talk, a bit of F1. Uh, We're just sampling the F1 theme here. We can't hear anything, but hopefully it comes out. (laughs) And I'm joined here uh, by uh, Bet... Oh, there we go. There it is. that's Um, beautiful. That's why we want it. Uh, And I'm joined here by two uh, self-proclaimed F1 fanatics. uh, Alfie... Uh, And Ben And I'm pretty much Going to leave it to them So I think they're going to Tell us a bit about uh, How F1 works And uh, their calls For the upcoming season Yeah Alright Let's quick fire this I'll start off first So
12: there's 10 teams 20 drivers So two teams per Two drivers per team Pretty simple Uh, And then there's 25 tracks in total So that's 25 races Mm -hmm. Uh, The teams consist The main ones You would have heard of Are Ferrari Mercedes Red Bull and then there's a bunch of other teams. Yeah. To explain the teams, there's mainly two or three teams that are really going for the champion title, and then there'll be teams fighting for the middle, so not F1's not all about going for to win the championship, because not all, all teams can actually fight for that championship.
11: No, It's it's quite biased in the way that a lot of teams get So for example, Mercedes, they're very successful because they get a lot more funding than smaller teams. Um, so you've got teams fighting in between each other in this table, for example, McLaren and Ferrari who are pretty much always either third or fourth uh, best teams, they're constantly fighting for that position.
12: Uh, Yeah, exactly. And then you have teams, like I said, McLaren Red Bull, they will be fighting for the pole position. It's very tight between them. They've got, I would say, the two best drivers out in all of F1 at the moment. So that's Max Verstappen, who drives for Red Bull, and then Lewis Hamilton, who drives for Mercedes. It's always extremely tight racing between them. Well, it's either extremely tight or not tight at all.
11: No, it's 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 pretty much F1. I mean, a lot of people say F1's boring, which I can see if you pick the right race. Some sometimes they are just cars going around circuits, but other times it'll be very interesting. It really depends on how the race goes.
1: And chaps for for those of us who aren't very educated, how how important is the off-season in F1? So has much been going on in the world of F1 since since the final race of last season?
12: Uh yes, so a, a lot. So that's when the getting all their well, they've by the end of the season they kind of know what their twenty twenty two cars will look like. Mm-hmm. Um so they will get it all ready and then the main thing they get ready for is to showcase the car to everyone. How are they gonna do it? How can they do it different to other teams? It's quite interesting how they do it.
11: Yeah. Um and they do testing as well, uh in off season and they'll introduce people to their teams and everything. So they'll bring on new members. Um some some teams might not um like, redo their car as much as others. For example, Haas, which is a, probably one of the smallest teams right now, um, the only American team. Last year, they didn't change their car because they don't have the funding for it, but this year they've got an all new one, so it should be looking better for them.
1: And uh, when does the season actually start? Is it a couple of Sundays' time? Ooh, it's on the board.
12: Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Borrowed um, this week 18th um, of March 18th, oh, 18th of March, March. Yeah, Wow yeah. Look at that um, <laughs> The biggest thing um, After every F1 season There's a Netflix show Called Drive to Survive Okay This is one of my favourite Netflix shows Yeah Because it's dramatised completely So yeah. they pick um, So different So from different races They will pick When the teams When the drivers speak To their team But then they'll bring them Into one race To make it more
1: dramatic Yeah I explain that quite yeah, badly. No, no, I get exactly what mm. you mean. You know, those those of us who are cricket fans will have seen the test on Amazon, for example, a sort of you know a real interesting insight into the world of professional sport and a professional um, sort of dressing room. Uh, mm. But we all know, I think, deep down, that they've been slightly hyped up. But yeah, r- really, for us sports fans, a great new genre of entertainment: these sort of sporting uh, yeah. docu yes exactly dramas, I guess so, yeah. chaps. What are your predictions for the upcoming season?
12: Uh, well, my personal predictions is uh, Red Bull will stay on top because they've got both uh, Max Verzappen and, oh, my God, i Perez. Perez. Yeah. Uh, and McLaren still has Lewis Hamilton, who's incredible, and I think it will stay incredible. But they're um, bringing Mercedes, on... Mercedes not... Working. Oh, my God, sorry. Mercedes <laughs> still has Lewis Hamilton, um, but they're bringing on someone called oh, of, <laughs> George Russell, George that's Russell. it. Yeah. God, it's a lot of pressure being live on there. I do <laughs> this every mind. week, no, no, but it, it, it feels weird. Yeah, so they have got George Russell, <laughs> who has just come from uh, Williams. That's it. Um, yeah, there and we go. There we go. I, I, he's he's well, he was in an He was in a Mercedes car once this mm-hmm. um, uh, last season, uh, due to Bottas. No, due to Lewis Hamilton yeah. having COVID. Yeah, which is what they were dealing with last year. Um so and he d- did actually do better than Bottas. Um but I George Russell has a lot of potential in this car. He does. But I don't think he will be fighting for the top
11: position. No, but right at this you've moment. got a lot of interesting drivers this season as well. You've got a lot of young ones that are quite high up now. Like you've got um George Russell, Lando Norris. Lando Norris joined F one when he was only seventeen, mm-hmm. George Russell, very similar age. Mm-hmm. Um you've got Mick Schumacher, Michael Schumacher's prodigy hopefully.
1: Um, Uh, Well, thank you very much for that, boys. And and what would you say to someone like me in terms of getting into F1 this season?
11: Watch Drive to Survive.
1: Watch Drive to Survive. a lot
11: of people I've talked to that are into F1 now, I'm like, how did you first get into it? They're like, I watched Drive to Survive. Yeah, exactly.
12: Watch Drive to Survive. That's the main thing. It pulls you straight into it and it gets you ready for the season because it will come out before the season actually starts
1: well there you go guys from our new F1 pundits a recommendation there watch Drive to Survive uh, and, and I think that's probably going to bring uh, pretty much uh, to, uh, us to the end of the show it's coming up to half past nine thank you very much uh, uh, to listening to Sports Talk today uh, as I said that's about it from us uh, the Bry Radio team we'll next be hitting your airwaves in the final week of term on Tuesday March the 22nd uh, at the, in the meantime there are two bumper uh, Bry Sports Weekends uh, coming up and by then we'll also Know who's won the Six Nations Championship. We'll also see the first uh, race of the season, and we'll be well into the England uh, West Indies Test uh, series. So, lots for you, to, uh, for all you sports uh, fans, to get your teeth into over the next fortnight. I've been Dr. Pullen, It's been a pleasure having you, uh, and we'll we'll speak again uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Bye bye for now. Go- <laughs>
0: The best school radio station in the world. This is Bry Radio, proudly sponsored by the BPA.